0: Hello and welcome to episode 19 of Real Scotland Blethers, the podcast of realscotland.com that's dedicated to covering all aspects of film and TV in Scotland, past, present and future. I'm Jonathan Melville, editor of Real Scotland, and in this episode I have a blether with one of my movie heroes, director Joe Dante, who recently returned to the Edinburgh International Film Festival to discuss his lengthy career on stage at the Filmhouse Cinema. I've been a fan of Joe's work since at least 1990, and I remember going to the cinema to see Gremlins 2, the new batch, and I'd probably seen Gremlins before that on video. I'd have happily spoken to him about both of those films, and others like The Burbs and Matinee, or the brilliant TV show he worked on, Erie, Indiana, but we didn't have a lot of time, and I wanted to speak to him about old films and how to see them, something I'm trying to do on a weekly basis. We discussed Joe's website, Trailers from Hell, which I've been subscribed to for a few years now, and where you can watch around 2,000 trailers with added commentary from Joe and other directors. We also spoke about his plans for a podcast and how he gets recommendations for films. I give a shout-out in the episode to some of my favourite podcasts, including The Projection Booth, Pure Cinema and Twilight Zone podcast, and I'd urge everyone to subscribe to those. I'll put links in the show notes. You can find out more about this podcast on Facebook and Twitter by searching for Real Scotland, and you can email me via realscotland at gmail.com. If you like the episode, please consider leaving a rating on iTunes so I know whether you want more. You can also check out more episodes at realscotland.com slash Blethers and that's always R-E-E-L in Real Scotland. Anyway, enjoy the show, and I'll be back soon with more from the Edinburgh International Film Festival. I, I'm kind of interested in always trying to find new films to watch and I find that these days a lot of, a lot of the, way, the way to do that is really a lot through podcasts mm-hmm. um, some which by the ones. way trailers from
1: Hell is starting its own podcast fantastic we've already got 8 of them in the can wow. and I think the week of July 4th we're going to post the first one Brilliant! and they're, they're pretty good is that, are you going to be I'm in them yeah. right? But I'm not the host Josh Olson is the host ah. but, but I, I, I chime in every so often. yeah well, that'd be fantastic
0: then and some, there's some good stuff yeah well there's some great podcasts like uh, The Projection Booth mm-hmm. um, and um, Leonard Maltz Pure... podcast is good too yeah Leonard and Pure Cinema Podcast there's lots of great ones but anyway the point was I listen to them a lot to try and find new films but old new films yeah because I kind of like to just, you know, go backwards and, and hear... Well, there's a, you know, uh, no old movie. It's, uh, there, there, there aren't any old movies. They're yeah. just movies you haven't seen. Yes, exactly. That's the point. And, and so many people over the years I've spoken to, and they won't watch uh, old films, black and white films. I know. Which you must get people More to... More is the pity. Yeah. They're and just missing out. Exactly. And there's so many fantastic DVD label labels and in the UK we've got one called Indicator. I know. Yeah. I've, been, well, I've been following them. Amazing. Yeah. So I suppose the question really was just a little bit about, maybe you could talk a little about, for, for people who don't know about Trailers in Hell. Well, that's, that's a lot of people. <laughs> we,
1: never, we don't really have any money so we don't advertise. Uh, but uh, it started because I began my career doing trailers and I always liked trailers and so I had a collection. Trailers and uh, for movies, basically from the 50s, actually mostly horror movies. And I thought, well, these aren't doing me any good sitting in a vault, I, and I don't have a 35 projector, so I should put them on the internet. And I thought, okay, well, I can do that. But then anybody can do that. How can I make it different? So I know I'll, I'll do a little commentary on each one of these. So I picked five pictures and I put them up, made a little video, and um, sat there for you know six months, eight months. Nobody paid much attention, as you as you don't on YouTube if you don't know it's already there. And then some friends of mine saw it and said, oh, you know, I I have a picture I want to talk about. Is it okay if I do one? And it sort of grew from that into, well, now we can't just do horror movies because in order to get people to do it, you've got to give them, kind of spread it out, let them do whatever they want. So we started with those kind of movies and then we, we branched out. And I did have a lot of trailers, so we made transfers and we started to build our, quote, library. And uh, I think it was John Landis, and then uh, Edgar Wright, and then just various people. And uh, before we knew it, it was like, it, it was like something that people wanted to do. Oh, oh, you know, I'd like to do Trailers from Hell, can, can you? So I started having, we, had, we used to do uh, three trailers a week, all new. And at a certain point, we had such a huge backlog that we thought well now you know these backlog trailers nobody's seeing mm-hmm. so maybe we should just do two trailers and then one old one yes. and then and also I, I had to figure out themes you know what's the theme of the week and you have to sometimes you have to go back into the backlog to, to fill out the theme my favorite one and they're and they're, they're silly but my favorite one was we had um two brad pitt movies and we couldn't think of another picture to run and so we ran the pit and the pendulum and we called it brad pitt and the pendulum <laughs> which is pretty terrible. Um, and over the years, uh, it has become uh, popular enough that um, some of the DVD distributors have asked us to of make course, them yes. extras on the show, which is the only way we make any money, and then we give it, give money back to the people who are the commentators. Um, but the, 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 the reason we did it uh, was because most kids today not only don't want to watch Black and White, they don't even know it exists, and they don't know, uh, who, they don't know who Cary Grant was. I mean, they, they, they don't know a lot of stuff, and that's not our primary audience, but there's another audience of people who are interested in movies but don't know enough about them, yeah. and this is a curated way of getting people that they recognize talking about things that they might not know about, and hence aiming them toward you know, maybe you've never seen a Sandpack kind of movie movie, you know, maybe take a look at this yeah. and then try this movie and if you like that you can go to this movie
0: yeah.
1: and then we're, I'm, I'm sort of giving back because these kids don't have the benefit of the kind of instant movie education that I got just by living my life when yep. I was a kid, because that was the world we lived, in. movies were everywhere they were filler on television they were you know you turn on the TV now you get infomercials and and I turn on my TV this morning, and it was teleshopping uh, teleshopping 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 is yeah. your station. used to be old movies yeah um, and so I think that there needs to be a curating system where if you get that list of Netflix movies. And it's just a bunch of titles. You have, maybe you can go to *Trails from Hell* and look it up and see if somebody has said anything about it because it's 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 not Wikipedia. It doesn't have every movie ever made, but it does have two thousand movies, yeah. and that's a lot of movies. So maybe there's something there that would interest you. So that's why we've got it, you know, by genre, by title, by uh, by year, mm-hmm. you know, decade, whatever. And and it's been. Uh, it's been very rewarding in the sense that I've made a lot of new friends, I've met, uh, met people that I didn't know, that I, I didn't know before, um, and I've, I've learned a lot of stuff doing it. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I think it's a fairly unique thing on the internet, uh, yeah. and um, the only thing is trying to get people to know it exists. That's yeah. been the hard part.
0: Yeah. Because
1: when, when, when I give them a card and they go on the site, they go, oh, this is interesting.
0: Yeah. And the podcasts. So, what what sort of format will that take? Will that be? Um, I, it's called. A it's or called. It, no, it's about an hour, and okay. it's uh, called.
1: Um, uh, and Help presents the movies that made me, mm-hmm. and it's all these different filmmakers talking about their favorite movies. Sometimes they have different topics, like movies you should, movies you should never. What was that? What was his? We have a comedian named Dana Gould, and he had a funny. I can't remember now. Um, uh, we have uh, Mark, Miguel Arteta talking about Russ Meyer. Uh, we have um, uh, Keith Gordon. We have a whole, just a whole bunch of people. we Bowl, um, uh-huh. and and it's been fun, and they're educational and interesting and and dirty, uh, and so we've got eight of them done, and uh, we're going to put them up starting on uh, July fourth week, and then there'll be another one every week, and then we're just keeping going.
0: Fantastic. And um, will you do some of them uh, like via Skype? So someone in the UK, perhaps, a director here, or will they? they that's a great make... idea. Uh, we should do that. Mm. Uh,
1: at the moment, we're just doing it in this little cubby hole in Hollywood. But yeah, we could do it by Skype because Skype is pretty good. I mean, the quality is really pretty good. Yeah,
0: that's fantastic. And yeah. how do you discover films? Is it through things like trailers like Hell, where, you, where people recommend things that you maybe haven't heard of? Or... There are a couple of uh, Brian Trenchard-Smith has. Put turned me onto a
1: lot of odd movies that I didn't know much about, you know. Um, uh, and um, every so often somebody comes up with a title, like Josh Olsen did one called Doberman, and I thought Doberman is it about the, is it the Doberman gang? Is it the No? It's it's a French movie that I'd never heard of. It was this heist movie, uh, and I and it looked really interesting. And it was like I, I know I'm learning. I mean, I was I was supposed to be imparting knowledge to other people, and now I'm the one who's actually learning from. It.
0: Do you you think things like um, I mean, America? You've got TCM. Mm -hmm. That's all we've got. Well, yeah. I mean, here we've got TCM, but it's nothing like the US one. I don't know if you've ever. No, what's it like here? uh, It's it's well, the films are not as well curated at all. There's no one doing um, bits in between the films. No one introducing the films. It's just a channel with adverts that that you don't pay for. Uh, So we don't really have commercials. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We've got film four. Which yeah, some far be, I saw last night. Which is not bad. Yeah. I think that's probably the best we've got. Uh, Filmstruck has now arrived here. Right. But you can't stream it from your phone to the, the TV, so you can only really watch it on your phone, mm-hmm. which is not quite... They're, they're working on it, I think. I, th- I think you but, should be
1: able to do that,
0: though. Not here. not oh, No, not they, here? Oh. they have tweeted them, and they're like, yeah, we're working on it. So oh, okay. but it'll come, I think. Yeah. Um, they have a good selection. Yeah, so I, I was just sort of wondering as well you you know, what you, what your thoughts are of... Well, I have Filmstruck because I did uh, some sort
1: of panel for them um, on a, it was Halloween, I think. Um, and as a reward, they gave me a subscription. And I find that uh, I, I'm con- I constantly go to the site and read what they have to say, almost never watch the movies yeah. because I just don't have time. Yeah. And that, I think, is one of the big problems with trying to c- uh, get people interested in old movies is they don't even have time to see all the new movies, let alone yeah. all the old movies. Yeah. And I'm I, I starting to realize that I'm kind of a vanishing breed of people who have soaked in so much movie lore during their entire lives and now have reached a certain age where I've got that in the background and I don't need to replenish it, and now I want to see new things, yeah. but the people who are younger than I don't have all that stuff in their background, so they actually need to go
0: back and see that, some of that stuff, and they really don't have time to absorb it. Yeah. Well, I'm kind of hungry for this stuff, and that's why I think it's great you're doing a podcast and things like, um, as I said, the projection booth. I don't know if you've—I'm not sure. If I haven't you've heard on. it. I know, no. I know about it, but I'm fantastic. This did a five-hour. Oh, it's five um, hours. Well, it depends. It could be they did a seven-hour one on um, Conan the Barbarian. Well, there's another think... thing. I mean, who's got seven hours <laughs> to
1: like bad so Conan the Barbarian? <laughs> well, it was all the even different... if I loved Conan the Barbarian. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if I have seven hours' work.
0: I know. But I listen to it in chunks. So I'll, I'll sort of listen to maybe an hour, you know, half an hour and make my breakfast. And then right, and people are jogging and, you yeah, know, making the the dinner and things. You know. That's the beauty of it all. Um, and the world of, of Blu rays and, uh, and DVDs, do you, do you manage? To, I guess you don't have much time to watch those either. Or? No,
1: I have them and I yeah, buy them and they yeah. sit there and I don't watch them. I just bought a DVD of uh, three John Alton movies that uh, I like, you know, uh, Raw Deal and He Walked by Night and um, T Men movies I really like and these are apparently really good versions of movies that are often fuzzy and crummy looking. it's it's been sitting there for you know weeks yeah. and weeks.
0: It, it's. I've got a Bud Betteker box set to get to. So those are good. Yeah, those, those are really just, good. I, I watched the start of of one of the Tall T, I think it was it's beautiful. No, oh, they're great movies. Too. And all the extras and just contextualizing it again. Um, so just we've not got too much time left. what are you working on just now? What's your kind of apart from trailers from Hell? What's your? So have you got? a, passion projects you're working on? I have or? many passion projects, all of which are unfunded at the moment, Right. Uh,
1: because you may remember in his later years Orson Welles travelled the world uh, begging for money uh, and seldom making movies, just mm. asking for the money, and uh, now we're all in his boat, we all have to get money, I've got projects that are, and nothing is funded by one person, it's not like you can go to J. Paul Getty and say, here, give me money for my movie. So many logos to, now at the start of films. Yeah, I know, and you think, what, who's the accountant <laughs> on this show? How do they, they figure out who gets the money? Yeah. I mean, the idea of of trying to put together these building blocks of finance, and then one block falls out, and you're Terry Gilliam again, you know. And and it's it, movies with they've been shooting for three weeks and they fall apart, and let alone getting a movie off the ground, yeah. it, it's really very very difficult. When I was you know, in my heyday, they'd just say, hey, you want to do this? Here's a script. And you'd say, oh, yeah, I like this. Let's do it. And then, boom, the financing is there and you're pre- pre-production. Mm-hmm. That's Those days are gone unless you're a big money guy because... Um It's expensive to make pictures and it's expensive to sell them. And now you'd think with the money they're saving by not making prints they'd be able to put into something else. But no, they just all keep it. They just keep anything that they can, you know, everything's got to be cheaper. No, we have no money for this. And now, you know, you make a movie and you pay the star a zillion dollars. Now there's no money for the supporting cast. So now there are no well-known character actors because there aren't enough people who could be in enough shows for people to identify them. So that, that golden age of movies where, you know, there's... That, oh, that's the guy who plays the drunk. Oh, that's the guy. I mean, oh, oh, I love that guy. Those people, are, they, they don't have yeah. those kind
0: of careers anymore. Yeah. I wrote a book a few years ago on the movie Tremors, which uh, I think is, is a fantastic film, fun film, mm-hmm. but the character actors are kind of what makes that film. Yeah. You know, the effects are not, so I mean, the effects are great, but yeah. there's no CGI at that but point. But that's the but way those movies the are supposed to work, Yeah. you know? I mean,
1: you make the effects good enough to be convincing, mm-hmm. and then... Play the characters yeah. because if the
0: characters don't care about it, it's
1: just a bunch of technical stuff.
0: Yeah. It's uh, yeah. Do you think uh, you, you mentioned the other night that you're working on a, a anthology series? Well, it's art. it's a. I did a movie
1: called Nightmare Cinema. I'm, I'm one
0: episode. Right.
1: That's five, five. And the idea I think was that if this sells, then they could make it a, a series, okay. which would be masters of horror ish mm-hmm. kind of series because that was also the. The gimmick behind the movie is that these, these directors are all known for doing horror films, and it's, it's a horror film in the classic tradition. It's sat in a haunted movie theater. Um, whether it gets any traction or not, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it's two hours, which is long for a horror yeah. movie. But you got five directors, you know, you got to
0: let them do their stuff. Yeah. I was watching your segment of the Twilight Zone last night. I thought I would just fast forward to that bit. Because uh, I love the Twilight Zone, and I'm working my way through. There's a there's a great podcast, in fact. We're talking a lot about podcasts, but uh, the Twilight Zone podcast, and uh, they go through every episode and see. So oh, watch, really? You watch the episode and then have a listen. Oh, that's great. So I'm kind of uh, I'm starting again with the series because I got through the first series um, maybe a year ago, and then as you're talking about time, I just didn't find the time. So, I'm so going season back to the gimmick, season one. Go back to the start of season one. I think I'm only on episode. I'll be episode three now.
1: Well, season one is pretty good. Uh, pretty yeah. good. Season. Yeah, I mean, when they got a little, they were they were always had bad ratings and they were always about to be canceled and um, and and so it was by the skin of their teeth that they stayed on and it was largely because people my age were like it, who didn't count in the Nielsen ratings were the ones who were watching yeah. and uh, and then they they went back they went to an hour which
0: i seen entailed, those episodes. I'm well, not sure. they yeah.
1: entailed a little stretching. Yeah, there's some good ones, yeah. but there you feel that there's. They're stretching to make it. Then they went back to a half an hour. And by then it was, I think he had kind of lost interest. And there's some okay ones, but it's not the best season the last season. Is and then he did Night Gallery, which he didn't really have much control over. And there, again, are some good episodes in there, but it's a universal TV show. It looks like every other universal TV show. And they're, they're bigger stars, but um, I think Serling kind of... Um, I think he was disappointed in life, otherwise he wouldn't have smoked so much. Mm. I mean, he was smoking all the time. But he did some great screenplays. I mean, you know, Seven Days in May and, and um, you
0: know, Planet of the Apes. I mean, yeah, yeah. he's a good writer. And this is, I think, the 50th anniversary of the Planet of the Apes coming out, so I'm kind mm-hmm. of trying to have a bit of a an ape. Have ape you seen fest. the new one? I haven't seen the latest one, no. The uh, new series? You haven't seen any? Of
1: the, from Rise of the Blind Age. I've
0: seen a couple of them. Yeah, but they're not, pretty, they're the, pretty good. Yeah, I think War is, a, is the most recent one. That's the I'm most not, recent one. I've yeah. not seen that one yet. But uh, I mean, they're,
1: they're, they're all the same movie. Yeah. But, but the effects yeah. are great.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: that yeah, woman that's is here.
0: Nice, really. Um, what was I going to say? Yeah, so just basically, uh, I think that's me, really. I think that's me. <laughs> I don't get pushed out, so... Thank you. What was this nice for? for time. You I'm doing a podcast. I've started a podcast as oh. well. Wow, um, yeah, I really got in there late. <laughs> uh, which is, I run a website called Real Scotland, which tries to discover things happening in film and TV in Scotland. Which i have been doing since 2010, but I'm only now getting into podcasts. Well, you know, I,
1: I find Scotland to
0: be a real movie place.
1: I mean, yeah. there's a lot of movie buffs here. And uh, I noticed it first at the festival, but even in the alternative weeklies and stuff. I mean, there's, and it's also obviously a big music place. But the the quality of writing, and stuff here reminds me of what LA used to be when they had, uh, alternative weeklies, which they don't anymore. They have one, I think, left, but it's it's been bought out by some company, and it's just a bunch of nonsense. But uh, but this this is this reminds me of. It's more stimulating. I think it's a a more stimulating town. Well,
0: in Edinburgh, we have a very high number of screens per head of population. I can't remember. I looked into the numbers a few years ago, and it's one of the biggest in the UK, actually. Mm. And Edinburgh gets, um, like London and maybe Manchester, we get a lot of the... you know the, the blockbusters, but also the kind of more art house films. Yeah. You know, well, I film you know I house. see film house has a pretty uh, exactly. eclectic uh, group of things, which I think is great. Yeah.
1: So that really helps. Just. And they have thirty five millimeter projectors. Yes. Which we don't have in LA. Except at the Cinematheque. But I mean, literally, the they, the studios insisted that the exhibitors destroy their equipment in order to get the uh, you know the, the new the new stuff, yeah. and uh, so they wouldn't have to make prints anymore. But Unfortunately, that has taken a whole, out of circulation all movies that are on 35mm, which are never going to be on, DV, uh, on DVD or, or even or DCP or anything like that because there's just not a big enough market for it. Yeah. But if you have a print, if you have a 35mm print, you, you were able to go anywhere in the world and show that print. And now all, you're, you're, you're hoist to all of the different video formats in all the different parts of the world. You know, so there's a DCP that's made in, in, uh, in Britain can't be played in China. Mm. You know, I mean, it's, that's crazy. It I mean, it's just, it's so self-defeating. But yeah. that's because they don't value their old stuff. They only yeah. care about new stuff. On that note. Okay. Thank you. Good to meet you. Thank you.